GM. Can we get some new intro music? Can sure. we commission somebody sure. to get some intro music? What would it be? Do we want it like hardcore? Or something a bit softer, like. Yeah. I think a nice lounge intro. Calm. It's, it's, it's GM, right? Like, I don't know. I guess the good, that's how it, we want to... Oh, is it like, is it supposed to be the Good Morning Podcast? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, yeah. Just fits. However you say it. I, I'm just going to move this close to your face because I just want to make sure your voice is clear. Sure. How's the new mic? Nice. I think we tested it out. Audio sounds crystal clear. Well, I hope so. I'm looking at the recording here. I don't know if you're coming in loud and clear or not, so we'll find out. I think I might be a little bit too loud. I'm going to dial you down. Here we go. All right. High performance. All right. Oh, big snort there. Uh, any crashes today? No crashes. Perfect. <laughs> End up a run. Uh, yeah. I think I think I think Strava fucked me over today. Because it said it was like lower than average effort. I was getting chest pains <laughs> running up the hill. I was like, what is this? Yeah, didn't, wasn't, a, wasn't a big fan. Um, anyway. Submit a f- feedback. To Strava. Me, yeah, tell them, hey, I think you're wrong here. <laughs> Can I, did I tell you, I said, were you there when I told the story about my, my Nike shoes? No. So during the pandemic, I decided, that, you know, there was a, certain people there that got, got like really into fitness or baking banana bread. Mm-hmm. Well, I decided to essentially see how many fried chicken wings I could eat on a weekly basis. So I got really fat, pretty much. Well, Iqbal came into the office one day when we came back. I'm sure you know this. And he walked past me when I was on the sofa. And obviously Iqbal's a lifter, so he was doing powerlifting. And when he walked past me on the sofa, I was like, morning, mate. And he, he turned around, he looked at me, he's like, hi, morning. And he, he did a double take and was like, are you okay? And I was like, Oh my god! It's like, it was just so obvious he was uh, he's pointing out that it put on a bit of timber, shall we say, during the pandemic. Um, and I bought a pair of Nike Next Percent. I think it was Vaporfly. You know the ones where they got like a bit of the bit of the sole missing. I can't remember which ones they are. Anyway, they came through, and they were supposed to be like really good and make you dead fast and all this. And I went out and. They were like making a squishing noise and it was like, oh, this is rubbish and it just felt terrible. And I was like, I hate these shoes. These shoes are ruining my performance. And I sent them back. And then it just turned out I was just fat and unfit. <laughs> <laughs> like the reason why they're making such a loud noise is because I was so heavy footed because it was dragging my feet along. that it was just like compressing ah. so much. It's like, <laughs> oh, gross noise. Anyway. Yes, that's my story of my Nike shoes. I'm sorry, Nike. Thanks. Okay, maybe Strava is right this time. We don't know. Mate, probably. It's a user error, should we say. Yeah, I watched this stand-up comedy yesterday on, on YouTube. Um, this guy from Brazil, I can't remember his name, but uh, it's the first time I watched him on YouTube. Um, he was mentioning about... So he lives in New York, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, in New York, the weather is so weird. Um, today is 30, tomorrow is 40 but it's colder. And when he looked at his app, it's like, feels like 18. Mate, if it's 18, say it's 18. <laughs> why Why say it's 40, right? Yeah. Who's Just the, reminded me of that. Who's the comic? Oh, I can't remember. I need to look, it, look him up again. Okay. Um, But the channel is called Don't Tell Comedy. Don't Tell Comedy. Yep. All right. So. Don't Tell Comedy. I'll check it out. Thank you for that. Is that it? Is that what we done for the podcast today? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you wanted to talk about two things. Can I? Well, I they were they were kind of last minute, mm. and they were just kind of top of top of mind from one when I was in the jungle, and two when we were out for a run this morning. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that you have have been there for a, a while. So, what do you want to talk about? I want to save it for the next. Well, it's. I feel like they're they're quite heavy. <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah. So is it about dying? Yeah, let's let's give is it? let's give the listeners a little like contact. So what I what I like to talk about is like death and success. Um uh okay. slowing down and ten X. 
they're all very contradictory in, in a sense. But all right. Let's see how we can, I guess, piece things together. Can we, should we start with that? I don't know. It's. I feel like we should start with something lighter. <laughs> we start with a fat guy sending back Nike shoes. How about that? <laughs> that was light. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pigs and troughs. <laughs> so death. Let's go with that. Go on, then. Sure. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, like, so last week, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago? Hmm. Just attended a, a friend's father's funeral, like, a wake, right? And That sucks. And, Condolences, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's not, it's, he's not, like, old, old. He's, like, in his 50s or 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, not old, old. That's not old at all, 50s and 60s. Yeah, exactly, right? Oh, and, shit. Okay. You know, that from a heart attack, which got me thinking, like, hey, are, are we, like, are we planning, how are we planning for our deaths? All right. Okay, this is heavy. Yeah. Let's, let's roll with it. All right. What was the thought? And that, yeah, so how, how how that connects to success is like, does, like I guess it helps you redefine what success really is mm -hmm. when you actually plan for your death. And um, I can't remember where I read this, but planning for your death is also planning how to live right now. Yes. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it left an impression <laughs> on me, obviously. Yeah, I see that. Which bit? The 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 funeral itself, or reading about, or learning about planning for your death. I guess just the thought. Yeah, the the learning about planning for your death. Okay, what does death look like for you, and mm. how do you want it to be? Right. Um, we could, we kind of, mm, I suppose we kind of touched on this. Was it last episode? You know, the definition of hell. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, finding out who you could have been. Yeah. And I think there was another. I can't remember who this was. You have to forgive me, but they suggested. No, you want to talk about dark stuff. Writing out your own obituary, mm. and what are, what would you want people to say about you when you're gone, or what would you want to say about yourself yeah. when you passed? I suppose you're right. How do you re, or how do you define or redefine what success really means in that context? Mm -hmm. So, what are you thinking? I want to hear. I don't know, right? Like mm. I, I've I've never really, I've not given it enough thought just yet. Mm. Um, but it's in, it was in the back of my head, like how am I planning for my death, right? And what does mm. success mean to me at that point? Like when I'm dead, does you know owning a huge mansion matter to me at that point, or is it, or is owning that huge mansion like a legacy for you know the next generation? Yeah. And that's why I want to own. Like it helps me think about okay, what do I want to achieve and what does it mean, right? And mm. I, ultimately, I, I I feel like it's what legacy you want to leave behind. Um, yeah. And legacy, how you define it? It's I guess it's like how do you want people to remember you, or um, how do you want people to continue talking about? I don't know if this comes from a place of ego or not, but how do how do you want to leave an impact in this world? Essentially, I, I think that's that's where I'm going at or going with in terms of like defining success for myself. It's not about how much I have, but yeah. how much I leave behind or how much I give. So that's uh, that's going to be one metric of how I measure my life. Really, sorry, just need to turn off my WhatsApp as interrupt interrupting that thought of yours um so this is why i like doing podcasts like this with someone who has these thoughts as well um so i i don't want to ruin your thought by the way it's something i think about fairly regularly um and it's one of the reasons why when i was in or when i joined super hands early on mm -hmm. um i was in a fortunate position that i was okay at sales and there was other large organizations that were try, trying to poach me and move down to Singapore from Malaysia and get paid a lot more money, like 10x kind of money. Yeah. Um, but it was never an interest to me because of the people I got to work with. And obviously, looking back on it, like how we grew the business and then working together and hiring people, it's it was the right decision to make. And I think too often, and again, I don't know what we speak about, 
like in the past few episodes in terms of defining your own success and what that actually looks like for yourself and what's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always, I kind of operate under the assumption that I have a million US dollars in the bank, which is basically, a, you don't need to work if you don't want to, especially here in, in this part of the world. And that helps me make better decisions because mm-hmm. it's not money motivated. And that's how I think right now. If I've got a million dollars in the bank right now, like today, how do I want to live? And I want to do shit like this with you. There's no end game. It's just like, well, this is fun. Let's have a conversation and see what happens. Or want to go out riding, want to go out running, start your own business. Because no one gets out alive, man. We don't. Yeah. You zoom out, you have a look at all the pictures that NASA have taken of like the earth, everyone we've ever known, loved, that's been before us, they've all been here, they've all lived and died, and it's just part of living, I suppose. Yeah. So why not have some fun along the way? Yeah. Basically, so I'm not saying like burn all your money and go on a, actually, maybe that'd be a good idea. Just spend all your money and go on a really long cruise, just chill out. I think it all works out in the end. That's not advice. That's not life advice. I'm not saying like sell everything and just. I do. Uh, yeah. How so, do you how do you maintain that abundant mindset? I think a lot of people refer to that as like you know you're not you're not chasing after stuff like stuff in this case would be money, right? Mm. Um, so how do you maintain that? So obviously, money plays a role in our lives. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I I I really like nice fancy cars. Yeah. I just like fast cars. I like really nice bikes. I like going on holidays. I like relaxing on a beach in a jungle, whatever it is. I just do. And money helps you do that. Obviously, with you know, I'm going to Pakistan on the motorbike mm-hmm. tour with my brother. If I didn't have the means to do that, then I wouldn't be able to give him this as a as a gift, right? And the only way to do that is to actually get get paid. And therein lies the rub. It's like it is a contradictory in a sense because that's why I like to work hard. And that's why I read a lot and learn a lot because then when you turn up for clients and you can deliver good work, then people pay you for that. But the motivation isn't to get paid for it. The motivation is to see how many people you can help along the way. You know that mantra, think, help, not sell? Still is true with me, man. Sales, business, friendships, like how much can you give back? Whether we like it or not, I, I believe karma is a real thing. I just do. I And you, you do get paid for it if your intention is not that. If your intention is to just turn up and see how much you can help people, in the long run, you get paid. Mm. Very well. Like really, like, really, really well. It's crazy. So that's how I think about it. I become, and I'm trying to, obviously a work in progress, um, become an asset that people can lean on and you just become very good at whatever it is you're good at, whether that's riding, running, sales, sales development, mm. marketing, and you can become an asset for people and you can help people solve problems. And how much they would pay you is a lot, but relatively to the problem that you solve for them, they're gonna 10X off you. Mm. Like the fee that I charge for one of my first clients, for me, it seemed like a lot of money. It was, I think it was like six or seven times my monthly salary mm. previously um, for a couple of months' work. And I was like, oh my God. And I, I'd worked it back based on like salaries for executives and all this kind of stuff in different parts of the world. But then when we started to work on stuff and we started to identify areas that could be fixed or worked on and implemented immediately, the amount of ROI on that for them is so big. Mm. Everybody wins. So that's how I maintain the abundance mindset. Maintain. Still building. Mm. Still this, I still get cautious about stuff. But get really good at what you do. Because I, I think I have this saying for myself is I, I do not take myself seriously. There's no point. But I do take my work very seriously. So that when you turn up and you can sit down, you can have a conversation with a potential client, you can direct the conversation, you can help them out, give them guidance on the spot. And that all comes from everything that happens behind the scenes. Mm. There are no shortcuts, men. 
Remember that? Yeah. Uh, so that's how I maintain that because I know the late nights and early mornings and all that kind of stuff that happens behind the scenes allows you to put yourself in a position where you can earn if you need to or want to or want to go above and beyond mm-hmm. because you have the means to and you have the capabilities to do that. Yeah. I hate you sometimes for poking the bear when you ask me questions because then I just go off on a fucking monologue and then you don't get the chance to talk. So what? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you another question actually. No, no. Tell me about this. How has it changed your thought process right now? Obviously, going along to your friend's dad's funeral. Um, fifty six years old. What's happening in your brain right now? I don't know. Actually. Like nothing. Um, well, that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think coming back to this, like I, I've not really thought about the the legacy part just yet, mm-hmm. and then trying to redefine what what that means uh, in more in more concrete terms. But on a day to day basis, like my 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 mindset mm-hmm. is every moment is just magical, um, and I I make it count essentially. Okay. Um, we might not be sitting here today if you think about it. The the yeah. amount of, I guess, call it coincidence mm. that needs to happen for this moment to happen, like for, for us to sit in front of each other right now, just beyond comprehension. There's no formula to calculate it if you think about it. That's true. So just appreciating every single moment. And that's that's how I can live day to day. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like a long-term planning, like planning for my death and legacy, I haven't really thought much about that. But I, I think one, one thing I appreciate more is just that human connection. Mm. Um, like just appreciating every single person that I come in contact with or interact with, even though we might disagree with you know certain ideas or I guess uh, beliefs, mm. but still appreciating. Hey. They, they have their own story, right? And yeah, yeah. It's, it's so rare for us to basically have this exchange. Um, yeah. I've got two thoughts on that. First one, legacy. Personal belief. Legacy is a very big thing. Mm. Uh, and to your point, focus on one person at a time, one interaction at a time, mm-hmm. and go from there. Yep. So... If you can start to build that connection and see how you can collaborate or help people out, like this idea of give to get, um, that's where it starts. Mm. And then it snowballs from there. So, you know, and I, th- I think maybe in like the startup world as well, this chat about a BHAG, you know, the big, hairy, audacious mm. goal and like these long-term visions for where you want to go. And it can, it can seem very daunting and very o- overwhelming. So what's the small things you can do on a day-to-day basis that build that consistency behind that, well, that foundation, I suppose, to what you want to leave behind. Mm. And hopefully in some small way, stuff like this will help, right? So these conversations, I mean, it's an hour, but if you can reach enough people, you can help people along the way. Yeah. And the second one uh, was... Yeah, people have different beliefs, different philosophies, and different values. And that's why I'm so big on understanding and being self-aware about what your values are because your values drive your behaviors. Um, and that's why I used to love doing this when you know working with yourself and the rest of the team because just because we have different values doesn't mean we can't align on a certain mission or a certain North Star. Mm-hmm. But when you understand your values and you can communicate them with somebody else, that's when you can start to really either relate to people or understand where people are coming from. This is where the start of empathy is. Mm. And I know we've spoken about this before. So it's like if people are like, they're one of their top values is family, for example, and they want to start a family or recently started a family, you know, asking them to work out late nights on a Friday or early mornings on Saturdays and Sundays and they say no, it's okay, cool. In fact, you probably wouldn't even ask. Yeah. And that's when if the other team members can come along and pick up the slack where the other person can't make it because of what they want to prioritize, which is absolutely fine, everyone has that understanding. It's like, yes, this person wants to do this, therefore I can fill in here. And then there's an understanding on the other person's part. Hey, thanks for helping me fill in on this one. Let me see how I can help you out along the way. Yeah. Values and beliefs. I think that's a big thing to help understand about the people that you run into. Yeah.
But they're, they're deeper conversations, I suppose. So I suppose you can't run up to somebody in the street and be like, hey, what are your values, man? Like, yeah, yeah. can you, I'm just, it's 9 a.m. on a Monday. Can you leave me alone? I'm just trying to function right now. Yeah. See, you always do it. Coming back to, um, you know, you talk about that, that self-awareness and uh, understanding what our own values are. Mm. Um, coming back to, I guess, your, your, your consultancy business, right? Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned about hard work. I think hard work is definitely necessary. Like a really good work ethic is necessary to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, but you also need to know your own, like how much you're worth, right? How do you determine or how do you figure that out? Someone could be as hardworking as you, but they might not know their self-worth, like how much they're worth. So maybe you can walk us through that. Like how did you figure that out? I'm still figuring it out. Hmm. Try and test, put it out into the market, see what happens. So um, we spoke about this before, see who's gone before you, see what that worth actually looks like. Mm. There's executive summaries and Glassdoor and what's the other ones for pay scale. So you can, if you want to talk about monetary worth mm. for like from an employer, employee point of view, I'd start there. Um, I lost my trail of thought. What were you asking about? self-worth or yeah how, how do you figure how much you should be charging like how much you're worth like hmm. yeah benchmarks i'm sure my thought will come back to me by the way because hmm. something i wanted to kind of mention about that what were you talking about before that values and beliefs okay um oh yes so i think what you were talking to like every this idea of work ethic mm. and hard work um so this is an interesting one it actually comes down to one of the things on the um calendar invite for mm. today about motivating incompetence because everyone thinks they can work hard you know i work with sales teams sales people and sales leaders everyone thinks they're working hard which is okay because a lot of people are and this idea of People saying I don't have time to learn or upskill because I'm working too hard already. Mm. Have you ever seen that um, that picture of it's like these cavemen that are dragging along stones in it's like a old kind of wooden basket thing. Have you seen this? No, I don't think I have. Okay, two dudes dragging along this cart behind them. It's like an old wooden cart. And where the wheels should be, okay, the squares, yeah, yeah. right? And then this guy comes along and says, "Hey, do you want to try and experiment using this new thing that I've designed, which is a round wheel, which obviously would make these cavemen's life a lot easier?" And the response is, "Yeah, sorry, we don't have time for that because we're working too hard." Mm. Um, and it was one of these things I was thinking about about hard work and work ethic because one of the things I do look for is hard work. Um, and KD actually posted something about this on LinkedIn. You know, Kevin Dorsey is a really well-respected sales leader. I've been on a bunch of his courses, Frontline Sales Manager School. I think it's really, really good. And he mentions like, everyone thinks they're working hard. I don't look for hard work. Um, and I can't remember the, the rest of the post, unfortunately. So I don't think I'm doing it justice. But I, I still look for hard work. But now, as I'm kind of progressing, I also look for matching that with coachability. Mm. So the ability to want to learn and upskill and take feedback so then they can iterate and then get better. So if they've got that ability to self-learn, take feedback and get better and work hard, then if they have this cycle, then that's when you want to progress. With these cavemen pulling the stuff along, if they have a, a leader that mm. just comes along and says, pull harder, work more, you know, gives an inspirational speech, gets them all hyped and motivated and all that kind of stuff. They're still going to do a shitty job if they just kind of maybe taking a step back. And this is this, this thought process behind motivating incompetence. There's no point in getting all rah-rah with your sales team yeah. or whatever team that you have and getting up there and being like, let's fucking go, LFG, YOLO, bro. And then they've all got square wheels. Yeah. It's like, 
it's it's you're still going to get subpar results. So why not think about okay, let's go back to the foundations of what what tools have we actually given to our teams in order for them to do a really good job, yeah. or for, in order for them to progress in their career or progress personally, whatever it might be. But what are the foundations that we're laying? And this brings me back to what is your onboarding really like? How are people being brought into an organization? Like, I'm not just talking about sales across the board. Like, how are they being introduced to the team? Where they go for resources? How are they supposed to operate vision, mission, values? How are they integrated and immersed into the team? If that's not done well, and they're just brought on and being like, okay, this is the product, this is your market, go fucking get him, kid. Let's rock this. Get on the phones. Bam, bam, bam. And then they don't perform. Then it's like, well, yeah, sorry. I'm going to have to let you go. Not performing. Yeah. Make more dials. Send more emails. And then we come into that argument of quality versus quantity, especially from a sales perspective. It's like, come on, man. We're better than that. So before we start doing the rah-rah stuff, let's see if we've actually given people the tools they need to excel. Don't motivate incompetence. Right. That's what I was thinking about. Gonna take a quick pause. Gonna take a quick pause? Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm gonna shout out to Copenhagen Coffee, by the way. Just around the corner from my house. It's pretty nice. Are we back? Yes, and we're back. And we are back. It was an intermission for you, but not for me. I kind of <laughs> kept it rolling. Um, yes, you were talking about um, tools, setting people up for success. Mm. Are we doing it right? Mm. And I don't want to, I, I need to have a look at the split. We need like a gong style tool for this, just to see who <laughs> the percentage of people talking, like whether it's you or me. And I don't want to talk anymore. Okay. I will chip in. Do it. Um, I'm not sure. So we're talking about systems, right? Setting up systems and, mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. Um, and you're, you always bring up, are we putting the cart before the horse? Um, I don't know what's going through, like, you know, the, the minds of all these leaders. Maybe they're pressured to think about, oh, we should be thinking about scaling. Yeah. I think that's often the, the, the reason why they're like, okay, yeah, let's hire a bunch of people and put them through this and, you know, scale, right? Yep. Um, but rarely do they focus on the, the foundation. Uh, like how often do you actually go back to your playbooks and see, are, are these still working at, at this stage? Mm. Um, and who's who's really responsible for that? Do you have a person looking at that right? Like in in my realm, like CS, um, mm. find success. I think in the past year, um, there's a trend of like, oh, you should hire CS ops, right? Really? It's I guess it's just ops everything, right? Across industries, you have like rev ops, you have marketing biz, ops, biz yeah. ops, sales ops. It, it sounds like you need someone to look at the operations of the entire system. Yes. For for a team or a department, um, because things just get more and more complex with different tools, different um, I don't know, uh, different stacks that that you have that might. I want to yeah. put this close to your face. Yeah. Make sure it's really close. Yeah. Don't be shy. So I'm not sure if it's uh if it's you know the the leadership that should be looking at this or or do you actually need someone on a, on an operations level to to look at this based on people that companies that you've worked with? Mm. What are your thoughts? There's always leadership. Mm. The clue is in the title. <laughs> lead your people and find out what they need and if you don't have the data or processes to tell you how your people are doing get somebody that can help you get that hmm. or do it yourself whichever is going to be easiest or most resourceful there you go there's the other things that need long answer to that okay i think this ties in really well with one point that i put which is 10x 
how do we so if you're thinking about scaling right at this point let's let's mm. assume you have your foundations right mm. or maybe you don't have your foundations right at this point um and you're figuring out how do i get results that's you know exponential mm-hmm. rather than incremental right what are the 10x levers that like an organization could could put in place um, for me i believe people is always the 10x like if you hide good to great jim collins is it a good book it's a great book <laughs> thank you for that exactly what i needed uh, <laughs> i've well, got it down there <laughs> yeah one chapter he, he mentions like putting the right people in on the mm. right seats on the off the bus, right? Yeah, yeah. Getting the right people on the bus and putting them in the right seats. Yeah, I believe that is with the right hire. Instantly, you you, you see changes, right? Yes. It comes down to leadership, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, like you hire the right person to lead the right team, mm-hmm. and, and they get to hire to make the right hires and put the right processes in place. Right. I feel like that is the ultimate 10x lever that anyone can pull. Yep. But I. I'm also open to exploring, like, are there other levers? Yes. What are they? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, I mean, the honest one, it always starts with the people. I think we know that. Yeah. Is this recording? I hope this is recording. I think it's recording. Okay. Uh, yes, people first. That'll solve 99% of your problems if you can hire well. Mm. So hiring and interviewing is pretty important because that saves a lot of stress on everybody. And it mm. gives you the, it allows you to worry about the bigger things. Because then when, I mean, how I saw it, especially when, you know, bringing in people like yourself or Lewin and working with Juin and Steve, my reliance was on you guys to tell me what you needed to do well and to hopefully ask you some good questions to see if the, we can identify some gaps together and then find out what we needed. So if we know we've got the right people on the bus we, then we, and we're not scaling or we hit a plateau, then we know it's something else. So if we hire well, okay, that's one thing. That's one pillar out the way. Mm-hmm. So then you have a look at, okay, do we have the right processes in place? Whether that's a CS process, a handover process, an on, a client onboarding process, whether that's a onboarding the new salesperson, whether that's the right digital process, whatever it might be. And then you start with that. Then if you know that you have the right processes in place and you're still hitting a plateau, then it's like, what is the technology or automation that we can put into this to make sure that we can scale that hockey stick? Hmm. And then you can start to explore the technology. Actually, thinking about that, the processes and technology are probably intertwined. Because you might be looking at a process like, how can we make this better? And then just like, well, we, we can plug in some technology into this. We can alleviate a lot of stress on somebody else and save a lot of person a lot of time. So I think the technology and process thing is kind of intertwined. And then you come to the data part. I think the data part is where you're really going to get your 10x. Yeah. The data part being the tools or processes you have in place, what's the feedback loop of, and what's the data going to tell us about how our people are doing. So how I look at it as well, especially from a KPI and quota point of view for sales people or even for revenue revenue people, if you want to talk about marketing and attribution, I don't see it as a means to belittle people for underperformance. It's an these results that we get is an indication of what's working or what's not working. Yeah. Right? It's like if we hit the revenue number, great. Why did we hit it? Why didn't we go 25, 50% above it? Were we just really good at forecasting? Probably not. But what is, what's the gap? And then I see it as a conversation starter. I don't see it as a, we need to manage these people out or we need to fire some people. Mm. I just see it as an indication of something's working or something's not working so well. And that's where you're going to win. That's why that hiring portion is so important. Because when you bring people on board that you know are, have, Intrinsic motivation, they really want to do the job well. They ask you a lot of questions all the time about how they can get better, how they can progress, how they can help out. You know there's not a people problem. Mm. And generally, people problems are normally environment problems. So I'm a big believer in this. If you, 
Well, if you set up the right environment and you know the kind of people that you want to bring on board, then the people you bring on board into that environment can flourish. Hmm. You can't judge a fish how good it is at climbing trees. Right. So if you have a shitty culture that's political or I don't know what's the best way to put it, and you put really good people into that culture, they're not going to do very well. And then you're going to see underperformance. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to either leave or be asked to leave. Okay. So if your people have a history of performing well and they're not performing well in your organization, have a look at the environment that you've created. What's the culture that you've actually built? What is happening in this living, breathing organism that you have, which is your business? Go off on that one. Sorry. Um, have a look at the data. Use it as a feedback loop. If people are underperforming or not hitting the numbers, find out why. Mm. From a point of curiosity about what's going well or what needs to be improved, not from a point of they're fucking stuff up and they need to be fired. Remove the ego. Mm. Ten X. Okay, so if if we're saying people and I guess culture at this point, like hiring well, mm-hmm. setting the right culture are really the the 10x is what will actually 10x your 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 organization your company mm-hmm. how much time or how much in, i guess time resource and, and you know investment are companies putting into creating that right in like how much thought have they given into the hiring practices or the hiring process um are managers are leaders being taught how to hire well no <laughs> so then that, that creates a problem right right um and i think there's two yes it's not two there's many more <laughs> there's two that i thought of and then my brain started working a, a little bit more uh yeah the onboarding the hiring and onboarding isn't really there mm. um so i think i kind of went off on a bit of a rant about this in terms of even people that are going to interviews not being prepared. Mm-hmm. And these are coming from recruiters. So as a recruiter, prepare your candidates to have a good interview. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <sighs> um, yes. And then also, I think um, one thing that is missed that's a super low-hanging fruit for anybody on one of my house performing LinkedIn posts Um is the idea of one-to-ones. This idea of sitting down with your peers or counterparts or people that report into you and having a conversation with them about how it's going. Mm. Whether that's a coaching one-to-one or personal professional one-to-one, not like a pipeline review or results review. I would would save that hat for another time and have that conversation at a a later time in the week or whatever it is. Having a one-to-one with the people as Simon Singh says, who are under your care mm. um, and asking them how they're doing. And you can structure it. What's the, the coaching habit uh, is great. Michael Bungay Steiner. Thank you. Thank you. MSB? Who is that? MBS? MBS. MBS, sorry. Yeah. MBS. Uh, not Marina Bay Sands. Uh, yes. So coaching your kind of middle managers or that second layer mm. to have good, meaningful one-to-ones and just allowing them that freedom to have a conversation with the people under their care about literally how it's going. Mm. Not why aren't you performing or tell me your numbers. Even if it's just 15, 20 minutes a week, 15, 20 minutes a week, you can sit down and be like, what's happening? Mm. And just have a conversation with the people that are on your team. This is a fucking crazy thing. We go through interview processes, which are, I'll tell you what, as a candidate, you might go through, I'll tell you what, uh, say five interviews. And at the high end, say it's an hour and a half per interview. Mm. What's that, seven and a half hours? You're doing seven and a half hours of interviews with one candidate or for a company and then asking them to join your team. And in one day, you're probably going to spend that amount of time with them. So how little time you have to assess whether or not somebody's going to be a good fit, mm. whether you're a good fit 
as a company for the individual. It's such a short period of time. So I think throwing people into an organization and then having a performance review just every quarter and not really catching up with your people on a regular basis to understand them as individuals, mm. what their inspirations, aspirations, what motivates them, what are their values and doing a values exercise with them, finding out their goals, understanding their habits, what they like to do on weekends or like before work, after work. And this will evolve over time. It's not like you can do it immediately. It's a slow burn when you get to know people and you actually go on to get to know your team. It's not like I want to get to know my team because then I can get more out of them. It's more yeah. I want to get to know my team because they are individuals and I really want to know how I can help support them in their career. If you can give enough of your time as a leader and you need to give enough of your time as a leader to your people, they're gonna that's gonna save you so much time and hard work in the long run. Mm. Because everyone's gonna want to work together. This sounds like a utopia and it's like an easy and quick fix and everything's fucking sunshine and rainbows. It's just not the case. Like we have arguments and people fall out, but then you can always come back and sit down and this idea of radical candor mm. and actually have a conversation about, okay, what went wrong? How can I be better? Thanks for calling me a piece of shit. I'm sorry I was a bad leader at this point. How can I fix it? I've made some monumental fuck ups, but that's a low hanging fruit. Spending time with your people, 15, 20 minutes a week, and actually having a conversation about them with them as as individuals. It will take time. It's not going to be overnight. Mm. But as soon as you start to do that, and then the people realize that your intentions are to help them. So after, outside of the one-to-ones, that's when you can start to be a real leader. When you start to recognize people's patterns of behavior and helping them out. When you can step in and be like, you need to take a break. I had to do this with you so many times. It used to piss me off. It was like, go home. Like, stop working. Now, you need a break. Because I knew you were all in and you wanted to help as much as you could. But then, because of that, you were going to burn yourself out. Like, I could see it. I've been there. And it was like, dude, stop. It's okay. We'll cover this. Just take a bit of time. Mm. And that's okay. If you... If you don't know your people, you might just want to push them. Oh, I can push this guy. It's like, yeah, but he's behind the scenes. He's fucking messaging at 11 p.m. trying to get shit done. Like mm. he needs he needs a time out. Just give him, give him a break. Okay. Yes. Speak to your people. Please. It's, it's the biggest win that you can have. It's mm. not wasted time. If you spend, I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off again on one. Just spend some time with people. Have a conversation. Find out who's on your team. Okay. Sorry. Heavy breathing. <laughs> it just bothers me. It just does. It's just like, fuck. Just sit down and like find out who's on your team. Mm. I agree. Thanks. I think it's... As, so you're thinking about an organization has layers, right? Mm. And um, I think as... as if you're VP and above, or you you should you should be a peop you should be a people or how do I put this like a people leader right like you need to be you a need people to first actually, a people first leader right you need to actually enjoy working with people yeah um I think I I've read I, I believe one or a few posts on LinkedIn about mm. how. People who are really good at what they do, like engineers, I'm talking about engineers, right? Software engineers. Yeah, yeah. They rather stay being an in independent contributor yeah. in their organization because they know they don't like managing people. They rather is, stay there. Which is great. It's fine. It's not for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm just thinking, are certain organizations promoting people to a manager level when really they just don't enjoy or the they don't know how to manage people. Yeah. But that is the only career progression that is charted for them. Mm. And they feel like, you know, if I don't progress, it doesn't show that I'm growing, right? And yeah. they fear that they might be kicked out because they can't they don't want to level up to that yeah. people manager position. But it comes down to like what you said, talking to your people. Mm. Do you want to be a people manager? If not, great. I'll hire someone to be a people manager. You can stay as an independent, senior independent contributor. Yep. You know, try to 
work with you know the juniors and coach them in a different capacity yeah um but you're not you know in, in a way managing the people mm. um i think it comes down to what you what you're trying to say which is speak to people understand what they want right yeah um, some people just don't want to deal with people which is completely okay absolutely fine and if they're excellent at what they're doing reward that help them progress and give them put your best people on the best opportunities i think that's 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 all there is right give them bigger challenges mm. give them harder problems to solve and they find if they are really good at what they do and they enjoy that challenge they will see that progression right um and create a win-win and then for people who actually do enjoy working with um a team and, and they really enjoy coaching promote them to be a people manager yeah whether they're ready or not it's up to you to coach them so in the end as a leader you need to coach your people you need to, to have that conversation like you said mm. yeah so do, you, do you like managing people do you like taking care of people oh yes i do mm? that's the whole reason why i'm i'm also like going into coaching right um i do enjoy working with people why do you enjoy it it saturates my curiosity let's just put it that way I, yeah I'm, I'm just curious right like hmm, what's someone going through yeah how are they solving a particular problem why are you doing that way i'm just curious like huh i'm not here to give like do this that's not what a coach does. Mm. A coach gets you from point A to point B, helps you guide the way, not sh not tell you the way. Mm. So, and yeah, I don't have all the answers, but I can help you discover the answers for yourselves. And by the questions that I ask, I, I think that just fits with my personality, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the topic of coaching, mm. weren't you listening to a podcast recently? I did. Which one was that, Min? <laughs> it was uh, Tim Ferriss. Uh, yes, it was, wasn't it? What was, the, uh, what was he getting coached on, Min? He was getting coached on <laughs> finding a date. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. Yeah. All right, now we're talking. Yeah. So Tim Ferriss was getting coached on his podcast mm. about how to find a date. Yeah. Does that or, resonate? Yeah, yeah. Does it? It does. Um, Why is um, that? Well, I was well. I don't know if I was surprised, but I guess I was surprised that hey, Tim Ferriss is going through the same. I wouldn't call it slog, but process. Mm. He faces the same challenges. He sees, I guess, the the challenges in, in finding a date in this modern era of yeah. apps and investing a lot of time and not getting the results or not knowing. No. what the results might turn out and you're investing this time so. not getting the results yeah the data is shit conversion <laughs> rates are low the funnel is weak <laughs> yeah. i i do believe there are so going back to marketing right is that the right channel <laughs> yeah. because that channel is built for who good looking i mean if you have a really good photo Chances are your success rate on that channel is. Gonna what are your high. success metrics for? Uh, for how are you measuring your success? <laughs> it's a single digit. <laughs> okay. Do you have any dates last week? No. On purpose. Sorry. On purpose. And what I mean no. by that is what no. what were your activity metrics? <laughs> um. Yeah. So so this year I'm just. <laughs> Be more active in terms of like outreach. <laughs> yeah, outreach. I guess. Yeah, you could call it that. Um, yeah, but I think the data skewed because there could be a lot of inactive profiles that's still on these apps, right? Um, maybe they just don't delete it or they just don't use it, mm. but they still have an account. So I don't think the data is accurate. Okay. Um, so should we do okay what's the definition of success min uh definition of uh insanity not success definition of insanity 
how do you how do you mean insanity it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result so my question to you is in the last few months what has mm. fundamentally changed about your habits or your environment or where you're hanging out or associating mm. to help you on your journey to find somebody to share a conversation with that's not me every week because if this right here is your romantic relationship <laughs> you need a fucking coach <laughs> well in terms of environment nothing has fundamentally changed I you suck say. why yeah why hasn't it changed status quo bias i guess stupid just staying comfortable in my own lane right yeah um I know I I've, I've I've I have I mean there are ways to to do this. Mm. When I set my goal for for this year, um, I'm like, okay, how am I gonna achieve this, right? Yeah. One is, um, joining like a gym, for example. Did you do it? No, I did not. Perfect. So do it. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. What? Do you... So you know when you were thinking about your your goal how are you thinking about the small tweaks that you can make? You know, I'm going to talk about James Clear's Atomic Habits, right? Because I can't mm. not, I think it was just, it was, it was one of those books that really helped change my perspective on achieving outcomes. I'll say outcomes rather mm. than goals. Because um, outcomes are just kind of ongoing. Goals feels very finite. Mm. So for you, what were the small tweaks you were hoping to make in order to work towards that end point for you first tweak was just being more active on on the apps what That's does that mean be more active daily kpi daily swiping KPI. until i'm i'm out of swipes <laughs> so that's the first thing that, that that i've done in the i guess in the past month okay let's take a step back on that do you kind of know the the type of person that you're looking for the type of person you would like to have a conversation with. Let's start with that. Mm. So here's the thing. Okay. I've not met enough people to know what is so I, I go my my thought process is process of elimination first. When you're when you're starting broad, you need to know what's not for you. Okay, rather than you before you're finding out what's for you, right? Find your niche. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um but I, I don't. Well, not really red flag, I guess. But more of like people mm. who don't, um, who don't communicate. I think that's that's a, uh, yeah. I, I don't think we can. Red guy, essentially. So essentially, someone who is transparent, like, mm -hmm. to just, who's not afraid of confrontation. Let's just put it that way. Whatever that's in your head or in your heart. Let's just have a conversation. Lewis House talks about it's not about how we how we how we communicate during good times, but how we fight. That's that's important. Okay. We Ooh, need to agree on how we want to fight, and we have, essentially it's like okay, look, we're having this. It might seem like an argument, right? Mm -hmm. But we're just having a conversation on our differences. You know, we are not gonna attack each other personally. It's just coming on, basically coming to to a common ground. So if you can't agree on how we want to fight, then hey, if you choose to fight a different way, then uh, I guess isn't this again? Isn't this like cart before the horse? We're talking MQLs and SQLs here. Okay, how right. many how many dates have like in person mm. dates have you been on? Step one, sit down, have a cup of tea. Mm. My entire life, the past month, none, but I have one schedule for this week actually. now we're talking this is it yeah so that's we... one okay my my question is rooted in over analyzing mm. a situation and judging a conversation and confrontation based on text mm. <laughs> thinking about this kind of stuff um don't think the guy tim help what's his name tim you know the cleaners 
Team Grover. Team Grover. Thank you. I keep forgetting it. Don't think. I, I do believe, on observation, there's an over-analysis on the back and forth on the text. Mm. You know, my missus is terrible at messaging. I get a better response from prospects. <laughs> <laughs> and the ghost rate on prospects is very high. Right. So you can imagine, if I didn't have the persistence on follow-up, I don't think we'd be together. Because she mm. just doesn't respond. She's got better now. Um, but she's awesome. So some people communicate better in person, mm. on the phone, on text. So those that might be non-communicative on text might be so much better in person. Mm. So are we qualifying out potentially hot leads? Mm. Hot, pun intended. Um, when they could be a good match. This is all assumption based on mm. just this interaction we have mm. on a weekly basis. I need to interact with you more, I think. Yeah. Can I learn about your upcoming date? Let's take a quick pause to reset the camera. Quick and pause. Then we'll... So you can, you can, we can quick pause it, but I'm not going to pause the audio. Okay, sure. Because I don't want it to seem like it's, I'm following you around. There it is. <laughs> Back in the hot seat. Min is back in the hot seat as he gets grilled about <laughs> his lack of love life. LOL. Love. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Who's the person? Well, not, not who's the person. Tell us about the person. Don't assume. Mm. Who's the person that you're meeting? No, no names required. Okay. A, a, bit, a bit of history, maybe a bit of background. Well, a match on Tinder. Okay. So... Tinder, Tinder win. That's how me and Els met. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I shit on Tinder all the time. Because um, it is a it, dark place. That's why. It is. It is. I, I guess it's just... I feel like it's just the right time. Right? You. It's it's so difficult to match. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, maybe I'm just... I just don't have a good profile. Maybe. I don't know. Can I see it? But No, I don't think so. Come on, give me your phone. I want to see it. Please let me see it. No. Anyway, going back to going back to this, I think it's it really just the right time, right place. So, mm -hmm. the the thing about me, why can't I see it? Doing it daily. Why can't I see it? I figured out what works and what doesn't work. Oh, so okay. There are certain times when there's high traffic. <laughs> then that's the best time to actually get a match. Okay. And don't stay on the front page. I because see, I don't know what the front page means. Uh, basically, whatever is the default page, right? I you yeah. So I haven't been on Tinder in well. Okay, maybe you should. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I know what it's like out there. Man. Um, no, you could be a lead source for me. Wait, that's isn't that catfishing? So hang a minute. So if you're saying that I put a if I set a profile up on Tinder. And I start swiping, and then I arrange a date, for example, and they're expecting this is a... my brother. <laughs> they're expecting at best a five foot ten on a good day white guy, and what turns up is not that. Oh man, I get arrested. <laughs> Look, oh. your first option couldn't make it. Um, would you be open to option number two? <laughs> I am great. The fuck? Uh, okay. Anyway. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I figured out what works. That what what works better essentially. All right. And that's how I match with with this person. Um, what do they do? Like sales. Hobby, ho Ooh, I was go I was gonna go with hobbies. Oh, hobbies. Yeah. Um, wow, this is a tough one because just based on our conversations, a lot of it is like I used to do this. Like, hmm. Interesting. What changed? How? <laughs> okay, this is going to be a really bad question. <laughs> How old are the pictures that have been posted on Tinder then of this person's? I don't. I don't know. Because if it's a lot of used to, the reason why I say this is mm. I remember what I used to look like <laughs> compared to the pictures that I posted, and mm. they weren't always the same. Mm. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, when? When is it? When's the big day? Saturday. Location? 
I'm not going to tell you to leave. <laughs> so be there. I, no, no, I won't be because I'm flying to Pakistan on Friday. Friday morning, uh, okay. 9 a.m. We're, we're getting ice cream. And then where? Where are you getting ice cream? Where do they sell ice cream? Hang a minute. How? Where? You're a vegan. Yeah, they sell vegan ice cream. So that narrows it down. Inside scoop? No, no, I don't think Inside Scoop sells vegan ice cream. I thought it was only vegan ice cream. I thought, oh my god, what was that? I no. thought it was in. No, is no. it not? No. Ooh, okay. Oh, there's Keto eighty eight. I think that's a. I've never heard of that. Anyway, it's not over. Uh, yeah. Oh, I took a picture the other day for you of a vegan restaurant in Sri Hatmas. It's called the Vegan Place. Ah, uh, I've heard of that place. You have heard of that place. I have tried one of their... Thumbs up or thumbs down? Well, it was a grab order. Oh, dear. So I'm like, uh, maybe not the best way to judge or, mm. or rate a place's uh, dish just based on a grab order. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I got good feedback on it. Mm. Yeah, recommendation. That's why I took a picture of it and forgot to send it to you. Yeah. Sorry. No problem. Hungry tap here? Been there? Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs middle. Well, really? depends what you order. I think I ordered everything, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, I, I would recommend the um, pink bombshell burger. Pink bombshell burger. Is it like a portobello mushroom that's doing deep fried like most no, things? No, they use no? beetroot or something like, Ooh. like a beetroot burger. Yeah, 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 it's pretty good. I, okay. I would say you can't get that anywhere else, right? So... Oh. There's no. They set the benchmark essentially, and I thought that was really good. Um, but if you're trying to get their fried rice or whatnot, Pass. I mean, there are better fried rices out there. Mm. Okay. I don't know how long it's been running for. I don't know if you want to wrap it up. Is there anything else that you want to want to talk about? What's going on? I think we've covered everything, really. Have uh, we? But for our next episode, we can talk about slowing down um, and making a list on the night before. Maybe you could go through your uh, routine. Oh, look at that. See that? Productivity yeah. hack. Yeah. To be continued. Um, thanks, Min. Thank sorry you. sorry for putting you in, uh, in the hot seat about your relationship status. No problem. Um, so of the 11 people that listened or watched last time, hmm. if you do, if you know anybody that would suit an uh, ultra-endurance athletic vegan who's very good looking and six foot two. Oh, thanks. Very generous with the uh, measurements there. When he stood on a large step. <laughs> oh, just, so apparently height is a big thing. Like this was, it was a big thing like on social media, like, oh, got to be over. I was like a mm. six foot, six figures, and then six something else in measurements. But it's all the sixes. Apparently this is like a criteria that you have to meet. Mm. now to be uh, acceptable in dating circles. I mean, there are six foot psychopaths out there. Yeah. With all the criteria that, that matches. Well, it's your choice. But it's just, it's weird, yeah. And then people are having like, uh, they're breaking their legs to have heightening surgery so they look taller. Have you seen this? Like breaking their legs and like stretching them out so they mm. get past six foot. I guess that's their... Insecurity. Yeah, right. If you need to change yourself just to meet a certain criteria or just to have, like, I can't remember who said this. I mm. believe it's Humble the Poet. He wrote a book, How to Be Loved. Okay. And he mentioned love does not need to be earned. Okay. You don't need to do anything to be loved. What about for yourself to love yourself? If you have such a level of insecurity that you fundamentally feel where is that coming from yes so before going through something like this you think there's like a a counseling stage for a certain period of months that needs to mm. go through i mean to go into get your legs voluntarily broken to make you look taller just for aesthetics it's like isn't that i don't know mm. because then you could argue about the gym for example, trying to get big and buff and, you know, it's like a insecurity about being a scrawny guy could be a thing. I don't, I don't know. 
and then we get onto the use of steroids, but that's another thing entirely. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. I guess it comes down to what, what your intention really is, right? And what's sustainable. Like, if insecurity is never sustainable, like, it's, it, it, it'll wear you down. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Like, going to the gym, if I'm just doing this just to get bigger, bulky, like, how long can you sustain that? That is not a very good motivator or, or drive. Yes, yeah, like, and yeah. at some point you'll fall off, mm. and then you go back to feeling insecure again. Why do you find? Yeah, I guess it's 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 every person has their journey, mm. and um, they essentially just need to do the work and understanding why am I insecure with this thing of who I am or what I have or or don't have don't have exactly grass yeah. is always greener. Yeah comes back to that magic moment right like i mentioned like every moment's magical why do i need to find wish i had something else when this moment that i have right now is just unfathomable like for this to happen for me to be alive to be here and to be this good looking <laughs> and, this, and this tall yeah. and available <laughs> wow oh my god yeah my, my cat needs some attention so my cat is not in any danger or being hurt <laughs> she just craves attention um every moment is magical it, it really I, is. you know what i think that's a great way to end before we continue talking for a long sure. long time yeah, yeah. um thank you for doing this again thank you for setting everything up new mic new, new mic new you yeah <laughs> we'll see uh how the audio comes through well yeah if it's completely broken then i'm totally sorry so I'll salvage it. Let's try. All right. Thanks, man. See you next Thanks, time. Thanks, Greg. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.